Well, good morning, church. Um, a little bit about today. Like Caitlin said, this is student-led Sunday, so that means that the students are in charge of every aspect of the service. We've been planning this for months, and we are so excited to be able to share with all of you this morning what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in the lives of the student ministry. Well, my name is Matthew Owens. I'm 17 years old, and I'm a junior at Blythewood High School. I've been going to this church since I was born, and I went through the nursery, Miss Allison's children's ministry, and now I'm part of the student ministry with Ryan. When Ryan first approached me about speaking, I was ecstatic, and I immediately said yes. He asked me to share about something that the Lord has been teaching me or showing to me, and one thing that God has really been impressing upon my heart lately is the verse John 10.10. John 10.10 reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here, Jesus is talking about him being the good shepherd and us being his sheep. The interesting thing about this is that back then, the shepherds were very, very low on the social order. So God likening himself to a shepherd was thus degrading his social status. Him saying that he is the shepherd parallels his coming to earth to save us because in both situations, he lowers himself for our betterment. The thief in this is representative of Satan. Back then, there were a number of real thieves who would sneak into the fields of the shepherds at night and steal the sheeps for whatever reason. He likens these thieves to Satan because oftentimes Satan comes and tries to steal us from God. But he goes on to say that he would never abandon us, he would never let the thief steal us, and as other religions, people, or things might. One of the things that I find the most helpful when reading and studying the Bible is to go through and look at other translations to hopefully get a better interpretation of what God is trying to say. The one that I read from earlier was the New International Version. The New International Revised Version reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come so that they can have life. I want them to have it in the fullest possible way. Then the New Living Translation reads, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And then still the message says, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed. One thing that remains constant throughout all of the translations that I read is that it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus uses this word only because that's the only purpose that Satan serves. The only thing on this planet that Satan is good for is killing, stealing, and destroying. And as a high school student today, I see his work every single day. It seems like middle school and high school students believe that their worth can come from anything except for God. They have to be the MVP of their sports team. They have to be valedictorian of their class. They have to have the best relationship. They have to have the most likes on Instagram just to be filled up and to be accepted by their peers, teachers, or parents. We hear things like, your friends aren't really your friends. They don't like you. You're not going to get into college. Your parents won't love you unless you have the best grades. You aren't cool unless you drink this or unless you do that. And you shouldn't even be on this team. Why are you here? Hearing these things every day is Satan actively killing, destroying, and stealing on our campuses every single day. And I'm sure that it's happening in all of your lives too. You know, maybe um, your relationship with your spouse is a little bit tough right now. Maybe you can't make ends meet, or maybe you just get laid off of work. Again, this is Satan actively killing, stealing, and destroying in our lives every day. 
So how, what's the solution to all this and how can it be fixed? Do we have to get the promotion, pass the test, hit 500 likes on Instagram? You know, what do we have to do? Is that, are, are those any of the solutions? No, they're not. The only solution is Jesus and the fullness of life that comes along with him. Jesus says here, I have come to give life and to give it to the full. Another translation says that he's come to give life and give it abundantly. And like the other two that I read, they say, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, or I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better than they had ever dreamed. Guys, God wants us to have a satisfying life. He wants to give us more life than we can even imagine ever having. But oftentimes, we let the thief come and steal and kill and destroy from our lives. But again, how do we prevent this? The only way to prevent it is to have a solid relationship with Christ and a solid relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. After all, John 14, 6 reads, I am the way, the truth, and the life. First of all, a relationship with Christ begins by confessing our sins and receiving Christ's salvation. Romans 3, 23 reads, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you cannot take credit for this because it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. A relationship with Jesus entails constant communication between you and the Lord. That means living in prayer and being in the Word daily. That means having a solid trust in Christ and depending on Him for all things. Secondly, healthy relationships with each other mean supporting each other in the pursuit of living in Christ. We need to encourage each other to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and not that of the thief. Simply put, we as a church need to love each other. A few weeks ago, I had been having a really, really tough week. The voice of the thief had been in my ear all week long. On Sunday, I came to church just like I do every week, not thinking much of it, but I saw some people that I don't normally get to see, Mr. Tom and Mrs. Mary Sutphin. I have known and loved Mr. Tom and Mrs. Mary since I was born, so it was such a treat to get to see them. On that particular day, they stopped me in the hallway. They gave me a big hug. They said, we're praying for you. We love you. And Miss Mary gave me one of her knitted crosses. This small action of love and the fact that they have been praying for me the whole week has stuck with me since. It changed the vibe of my entire week. It helped my ears to be open to the voice of Jesus, my good shepherd, and to drown out that of the thief. I know that not all of us can knit as well as Miss Mary, myself included, but acts of love and encouragement like this are vital to reminding each other of the abundance of life that comes from Jesus. As a church, I challenge us to truly pour into one another. I encourage us to pray with and for each other to form true relationships with our brothers and sisters. Moms, I would encourage you to go to Moms Connect tonight to be able to connect with the people that are in your position that no one else can really understand. Men, there's a men's event in May where Coach Jeff Scott is coming, and I encourage y'all to go to form that brotherly bond. And if you've reached the appropriate age, go to ball club to hang out and have that time with your community. Pour into your Sunday school classes and get to know the people within them. These are all simple and practical ways to ensure that our brothers and sisters in Christ are not falling to the killing, stealing, and destroying that Satan is doing. Church, I would really like to ask all of you to pray with and for our students. While I have had the privilege of attending this church since before I was born, and no majority of you, 
There are many new students who have come recently that maybe don't have the opportunity. They need to know you. Studies have shown that our generation craves and needs cross-generation relationships and mentorships. So if you see a youth in the hall that you don't know or even that you do, please don't hesitate to stop us, ask us how our week has been, and say that you're praying for us because I promise you it would mean the world. And we will be praying for you too. We will be praying that each and every one of you can attain that fullness of life that Jesus provides. I am personally praying that each of us will refuse to let the thief have any say in our lives and that we will have a fullness of life that only God can provide. Thank you very much. Hey guys, I'm Tatiana. For those of you guys who don't know me, I've been a member of this church now for like a year and a half. Um, so lately I felt like life's just, life's just been crushing in on me, just grabbing me by the throat and just strangling me. Um, so I'm going to tell you a story. It's kind of hard for me, so please bear with me. Um, so I'm currently a senior at Spring Valley High School, but years back when I was in seventh grade, um, one of my grandmothers were diagnosed with breast cancer. So that's kind of hard, you can imagine. And um, we lost her. So after that, I was kind of really, really stressed and depressed for like a good month because it was like um, a month before my birthday. I think I was turning like 14. And so you got to imagine just a 14-year-old going through that at the time. And then the next year in eighth grade, um, my mom's been diagnosed with breast cancer. And it's just been progressively getting worse. And so it's really hard for me to share this. Um, she's already had her, you know, cervix taken out and an ovary, and um, she doesn't want to have a double mastectomy because she's afraid of how people will view her. Um, so this past Wednesday when I get home, she's, um, she had a doctor's appointment earlier that day, and she's like, you know, I love you, and come give me a hug. And I'm like, you know, all those things are normal for a mom to say, but I was like, well, how'd your appointment go? And then she's just telling me all the bad news, and and then so I go to my room, and I start to cry, and then I'm really furious with God. How could you, how could you do this? How can I go through this again? And so I'm asking questions, you know, just trying to remain faithful. So I have to ask myself, you know, and ask God, you know, how do I remain faithful that all of this will get better? And then Hebrews 11.1 1 reads, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. I have to have confidence in God that this will get better. I can't control everything, but, you know, we're so nearsighted to God's will, meaning we only see what's up close and personal, and I have just have the faith that everything will get better in the long run, so I have to be farsighted to his, um, his will. And um, so then John 11.40 reads, Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So my lesson to you all is just, to believe in God and have faith because things might be hard now, but God is much greater than that and things will get better in the end. Thank you. How are y'all doing today? My name is Matthew Payne. Um, I'm a junior over at Spring Valley High School. And uh, I've been going to this church also for pretty much my whole life. Um, 
However, that being said, I think it's really easy for us just to just to get caught up in life. Um, things come at us that we don't really know how to handle. Um, you know, we just get busy, don't just slip up, and don't know how really to progress in life. And um, we, I, I think we just quit acting like the people God called us to be. Um, so the main verse I'm going to hit for you guys today comes out of 1 Peter 2. Um, here he's talking to Christians in an area around where Turkey, uh, Syria is today. And um, uh, here he just, he's speaking to people that are being persecuted. Um, it says they're scattered all throughout the region. They're not really, uh, they're not really together and fighting for Christ like they should be. And uh, in verse 1 and 2 of First Peter 1, he says uh, that this is God's elect. It's the people chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient and showered with His grace. And here God's chosen people are set apart uh, much the way we are. Uh, we're called to uh, focus in on Him and go and share Him and be the people that He calls us to be based on the example that He sets for us. And... Um, the first couple of verses are just about following God's lead and his example. Um, one of the more well-known verses out of this book are, Be holy because I am holy. Um, I'm sure a few of you have probably heard that before. And um, that's basically the gist of this right here. Uh, here here's First Peter two twenty to 24 It says, But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. Uh, here's just a great example that showcases the life that Christ led for us, um, the example that he sets and how he wants us to live. The immense sacrifice that is showcased here, um, God gave his one and only son for us so that we could have an eternal life with him. And I think the sacrifice made here is a wake-up call for all of us. Whenever we struggle with something, you know, this is a verse we can fall back on for a few reasons that I think. It says that we're called to God's example and to follow his example. And it's a call for us to be an example to everybody around us as well. The way people see us and how they see us can affect their opinion of us and Christianity as a whole. Uh, it's our job to make sure that the way we act coincides with this example that Christ gives us. And I also think this is an impactful verse uh, or set of verses because it's just so crazy. Uh, it's absolutely insane to think of in the way we are as humans. Uh, it says that when they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. He didn't, he didn't make a move to get back at him or get revenge for anything. And it says when he suffered, he made no threats. I think this is such uh, a contrast to what we naturally are as humans. It goes against everything we think we should do at the time. And... Uh, I think this is just like a verse, or a set of, another set of verses found later on in 1 John uh, 4, uh, 7 through 12. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God showed his love uh, for us in this. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God first, but that he loved us and sent his only son as an atoning sacrifice for our friends, for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And here we see a perfect example of what love truly is. With a God that loves us this much and would go so far out of his way to make sure that we are saved and can have a life with him, listening to him and obeying him is the least we could do. You can loan someone a couple dollars and expect to get paid back in a day or two, but with a gift and a favor like this, there's no way you could ever repay this on your own. And thank goodness we don't have to because all he asks for us to do is to accept him and love him with all of our heart. And through this, God will attain the glory through our lives in all of this. In Exodus 14, this is also played out with the Israelites coming out of slavery in Egypt. This is when they have been in slavery for years, and God finally provides them a way out of this. But as soon as they get out of Egypt and set out on their way, it seems as if God takes the escape route out of play uh, for good. They're boxed in by mountains on two sides, the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's army charging hard behind them. But God provides a way out, indeed. In verses 3 and 4, it says, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. I'm sure that all of you know how the rest of the story goes. Moses is able to part the Red Sea, and the Israelites are able to make it out alive. Verses 13 and 14 then say, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And this here is the completion of God's plan. With his people in trouble, he parts the sea. They walk through on dry ground. With the world drowning in sin, he sends a perfect atoning sacrifice in the form of his son. So whenever any of us are struggling in life, this is a challenge not to lose heart, for the God of the world is on your side. With his power and his people and through prayer and communication with him, there's nothing that we cannot do with him in our hearts. If he can part a sea and save the world from sin, Just imagine what he can do in the life of the people in this church. Thank you. All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, uh, we just thank you so much for bringing everybody here today. And we uh, just thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, showcase our student ministry to the rest of the church. And uh, just to worship your name and praise your name in this church and on this earth. And uh, we just ask that you will fulfill your will through this week and um, in the rest of this service hour. And it's your name we pray. Amen.